Hello and welcome to the Athena in the Well podcast. My name is Joy Bertrand and I'm your host. For the past 20 years, I've been trying cases, first as a state and federal prosecutor and for the past 15 years as a civil rights and criminal defense lawyer. My work has been featured on CNN, NBC, The Washington Post, CBS, Telemundo, and Univision. I teach trial advocacy and trial communication all over the world. This podcast takes the timeless teachings of the goddess of Athena and applies them to the work of women trial lawyers. Using her four primary strengths of master strategist, fiercely independent, creative goddess, and ferocious warrior, we apply these principles to the tools needed to be the most effective advocate for our clients before juries and judges, and in the process, help you find your voice, take your space, and command the courtroom. Welcome. Hi, everybody. This week, we are going to be talking about the three mindsets that you can employ right now to make yourself an even better master strategist in the courtroom and beyond. In order for this to make sense, I have a visual for you. It will drive and inform this entire process, and it's very simple to get. Go to athenainthewell.com slash quadrants. I'm going to ask you to prove that you're not a robot by requesting your name and email. You'll be immediately directed to the visual you will need to follow along today and in future podcasts. So quickly hit the pause button, go to athenainthewell.com slash quadrants so you can get the most out of our time together and I'll be right here waiting for you. Welcome back. This week we're going to be talking about the master strategist. That's going to be in the Athena matrix of your XY axis, it's going to be in the right upper corner of that axis. And it is what most of us consider to be the holy grail of a trial lawyer. Being that master strategist, being able to bring a case from either indictment or even pre-charging or from filing a complaint to verdict and beyond. Today, we're going to talk in real simple terms about the mindset of a master strategist and skills we can develop to become better strategists. If you're already a trial lawyer, you are already a pretty good strategist, but all of us can improve, of course. Strategy comes from the Greek word from stratos, which is troop, and hegesia, or leadership. So art of the troop leader. When you are operating from a strategist standpoint, you're the field general, you're not the soldier. The difference between the master strategist quadrant And the warrior quadrant, which is just to the left of master strategist in the Athena matrix, is the strategist is running the long game. It is the person looking at a case from the intake meeting with the client, thinking what this will look like, what do I want it to look like, and how can I create that? Whereas the warrior in this context is the day-to-day maintenance and discipline that it takes to be a trial lawyer. The warrior is the idea of the soldier, the ground troops, and the strategist is the general. When we think about strategic thinking, there's a great quote from Tarina Allen in Forbes from November 2018, where she says, strategic thinkers do it differently. They understand and dig deeper with regards to analyzing processes developing and applying performance metrics, collecting data, and producing analytics to make more informed decisions. Strategic thinkers have high levels of critical thinking skills. When it comes to decision-making, 
They are more contemplative and ask more thoughtful questions. They also challenge themselves, colleagues, employees, supervisors, and executives to consider answers for these questions. Strategic thinkers are more observant and reflective than the average person. Strategic thinking also is about understanding people. And in the Athena stories, one we know well is the Trojan horse, where Athena is not just looking at how to win a battle, how to go, how to sack the city of Troy. She's using her knowledge of human nature. She's reversing roles with the Trojans to figure out what they want or what motivates them. And what their weaknesses are. And then she plays right into them and suggesting that they build this giant horse, this hollow horse that they'll fill with soldiers and present to Troy as a gift. You know, who doesn't like a present? She's playing on their curiosity. Just the human nature wants to take a gift and explore it, not realizing that here that gift is going to be the beginning of the end for the city of Troy. And One of the interesting things that Athena brings to the strategist model is the other symbols of Athena, not just the woman in battle armor, include the owl. And the owl is a great symbol for what a strategist is. So let's just imagine the owl. He lives up in a tree. He is able to see almost 360 degrees around. He can see in the dark. He can fly hundreds of feet above a field and still see the little mouse in the field that he wants to catch. A strategist is the long game. It's the big picture. It's the 30,000 foot view of a circumstance, but not at the cost of detail and the necessary detail. So it's not an academic thing. It is a very reality-based, real-world way of looking at how am I going to get from A to be. Strategist and strategist mindset is how we get there. As you may not be surprised, the United States military has done a great deal of study about what constitutes a good strategist. The three things that the military says a strategist must have for a mindset are flexibility, inclusiveness, and humility. Those don't necessarily seem like traits of great warriors and great generals, but when we walk through them, you'll see that these speak directly to the work of a strategist. And even in the trial law context, when you're running a litigation team, this is the kind of mindset you want to check in with and make sure when you're stuck, you go back to this. It'll help reset your ability to solve problems and also to decide what even is a problem. There's a lot of stuff that, especially a opposing counsel likes to drag us into, that really makes no difference in the long-term result. And keeping the strategy mindset is going to be key to that. So let's go through this. First mindset, flexibility. That is characterized by a willingness and a proclivity to adjust your understanding, opinions, or approach when conditions change or new information is presented. For those of you who are experienced with the Trial Lawyers College and psychodramatic technique and the discussion of spontaneity, that's what we're talking about here. And spontaneity is a new approach to an old situation or an adequate response to a new situation. There's a suppleness 
to it and a willingness to think differently, to not do things the way we've always done them, to break patterns. In essence, flexibility means not resisting necessary or optimal change. Here, we start becoming our own worst enemies when we look at confirmation bias and our own tendency to keep doing things the way we've done them. Reason? Because we think we've so far into something we can't stop, right? The sunk cost fallacy. It's a tendency to continue with a course of action when that action is no longer rational. And all of us do it. All of us could do a better job at being aware and seeing where we're repeating patterns that just are not working anymore. And having a flexible mindset is critical to the ability to avoid making errors of escalating commitment in the execution of strategy. So it's ability to step back and say, well, this isn't working. How do we get back on track? How do we get back moving toward our end goal? as opposed to getting bogged down in in almost a habit with some cases. And I know I can speak from experience with how I engage with judges or how I engage with specific opposing counsel, or this is how we've always run cases. It's real easy to get in a rut mentally and maintaining mental flexibility helps us stay focused on the end game. When we talked in the introductory podcast, we talked about how the four attributes of Athena really work well with each other and particularly those diagonal to each other. So looking at that Athena axis, you've got on the right upper hand quadrant, the master strategist and diagonal to that in the left lower quadrant is creative goddess. And this is going to be a great example of where one feeds the other. If you feel like maybe you could be a little more flexible in your mindset and your way of doing things, the way to work on that is to develop your creativity. The one study notes that the process of creation is inherently incompatible with inflexibility. New ideas and associations cannot be formed without some degree of flexibility. Moreover, the willingness to embrace the changes to one's understanding and processes that comes from implementing creative ideas requires an even greater level of flexibility. So if we want to continue to learn, if we want to continue to get better, we have got to stay flexible in our mindset. We have to stay open to new ideas and and really be careful of rigidity and dogmatic thinking. There's, a, I think, a comfort that comes from dogmatic thinking and habit. And mental flexibility encourages you to maybe think there's a better way to do things or to just try. And that's also how we learn the best. The second mindset is inclusiveness. It's funny, initially these don't sound like traits that you want in a good field general. They're critical. And here, this inclusiveness is the welcoming of information and opinion from a broad range of sources. Just by listening to this podcast and just by being open to the idea that there's a different way of doing things, you are exercising that trait of inclusiveness. But think beyond that. For example, it's real tempting to look up figuratively for information and ideas about our cases, about how law firms should be run, about how our lives should be run. And it's easy to overlook that there are people walking around 
our day-to-day lives who love us and want us to succeed, who may have ideas that work for us. And an example would be our our staff, our paralegals, our receptionists, our interns. Those folks are working with us day-to-day. They are committed to our success. For the most part, I think we can say our staff wants us to succeed and feels like we're part of a family doing something together. But challenge yourself. When's the last time I asked one of the paralegals, their thoughts on an issue in the discovery or a good theme for the trial. In my law firm, I tell our staff and anyone else working on a litigation team, whether it's co-counsel or an expert, if you're sitting at the conference table, it's because your voice matters. We want to hear from you and your perspective. I have had some of the best trial ideas and themes come from the support staff who are working with that discovery every day, who know it back and forth, have been coding it into case map in a real down-to-earth way, as opposed to some of the, I don't know, real bright thoughts I think I have that really aren't that smart. Another way to look at inclusiveness that uh, my firm uses quite a bit and that I strongly, strongly recommend, even on a shoestring budget, is the idea of focus groups and mock trials and going out of your way to find regular, in air quotes, people, not staffing this with other lawyers, but talking to real people who would be consistent with the folks on your jury panel about the issues they see in a case, about the themes that they catch we do a exercise in focus groups that really crystallizes this, where at the end of a whole big presentation of evidence where they've been listening and commenting about it, at the end of it, we have the focus group members each write a short story about the evidence they heard that day. And we, the prompt is once upon a time. So it automatically puts these focus group participants into a more creative mindset. It's not a test to see what they remember. The key is to see what words they use, what values words they use, what themes come out of the short stories that they write about the evidence. There's all kinds of processing you can do with that data, but in a real simple way, just reading those short stories can tell you a lot about how they feel about a case, in the language they use, how they feel about a party in a case, how they feel about the evidence. And themes emerge that you can integrate from voir dire to closing that's come from regular people. But it has to come from this idea of inclusiveness, this idea that you don't have all of the answers. And that kind of goes back to the flexibility thing too, to be open to learning new things and hearing things from a different perspective. It's telling that this would come up as an as a strategist mindset and a strength at a time when in our national conversations with each other and in our cultural conversations, we have a real hard time doing this to listening to points of view that are different from our own. And a sign of strength is someone who can do that. And not just listen for data, but listen from the heart and listen for understanding. When we do that, we hear a lot more and we can learn a lot more. But it it takes a real discipline to shut off the critic running as it's listening. And it takes real discipline to listen with the intent to understand, not to wait a turn to speak. Think about that in terms of how inclusive you are. I have to to check myself too. And one of the reasons we're trial lawyers is we're kind of control freaks, okay? We're a bunch of A-type personalities who are really good at controlling 
our environments. And this starts to feel a little out of control, but it can be the real X factor in your practice, inclusive thinking. Now, related to flexibility and inclusiveness is this third mindset trait, humility. And that in this context can be defined as a comfort level with being wrong or having an incomplete understanding. It can also include examining issues as if one's understanding is wrong in some way. And without humility, any change in understanding or alternative viewpoint poses a threat to self-esteem, opening the door to defensiveness and bias in favor of maintaining old beliefs or assumptions. But once open to and comfortable with the position of reasonable self-doubt, behaviors and positions can be examined and with effort improved. Just in the last week, Neil deGrasse Tyson had in one of his podcasts an opening comment of one of the things that shows real intellectual strength is not knowing a subject well enough to know what you know, but to, to appreciate that you might be wrong about what you know. You know, that tends to, again, strike differently from how we picture generals being. You know, we picture them being able to command large forces with a great deal of gravitas. And the challenge here is to imagine that you can still do that and you can lead groups of people, be they your staff or jurors, in a way that is still open to the idea that you don't know everything. And how might communication change when people come to a conversation from a place of, I I don't assume to know much about this. And not false humility, but just an openness that there's a, a different way of looking at things and seeing the same set of facts in a way different from how you see it. And that maybe even no one is right and no one is wrong. And that's where we seem to be stalling out culturally right now. And I don't, I don't have good answers for how to fix this at a cultural level, but I can tell you that this exercise in asking, where can I be more humble in this context of where can I have more of a comfort level in being wrong or not knowing everything is a game changer. So this week, what are our journaling exercises we're going to have for this week? The exercise really only requires a paragraph for each of these, but they might prompt you to do more and that's fine. First is to look at times in your life when you have completely been in the creative zone and as a result, come up with a great strategy. If you are a trial lawyer, I don't care if you have been out of law school for three months or if you've been practicing this 30 years, you have a story where you brought your creativity to bear on a long-term plan and executing a long-term strategy. Focus on that and think of a couple times in your life, write about them in your journal, what the circumstances were surrounding that creative burst, how it felt in the body to be creative, and how it felt to succeed in putting that creativity into action in service of a strategy. Your second journal prompt is going to look at these mindsets. Flexibility is the first one. Where have you been flexible? Have you been open to learning new things? That can be as a lawyer, 
that can be in you know other parts of your life where you took up a new hobby, how you were able to change a pattern. We're going to be talking a lot in this podcast and in the upcoming book about how we change patterns, how pattern interrupt encourages growth and really can make very efficient growth for you. Where have I been willing to change a pattern and what success did I see as a result? And that success might have included period where you made a big mess. That's okay. The idea is simply that I was able to keep mentally supple. The next mindset trait, inclusiveness. Journal prompt here is where have I been open to hearing different points of view? When is a time in my life when I listened to someone different from me and had my whole world change? It can be a professor. It can be a friend. And where can I do that today in my own life, in my family life, in my law practice? Where can I be more open to hearing from other people as opposed to simply my way or the highway? And then your fourth journal prompt this week. This last one is going to be humility. Where in my life have I had to get comfortable with not knowing everything? And how did I benefit from coming to a circumstance with the understanding that I don't know? I don't have all the answers. I think we're real tempted in trial work to stand up in front of judges and juries. And and I think we feel a pressure to, to know everything, to have all the answers, to have a quick comeback for everything. And it may be that there is a little bit of a shift we can do with this that makes you more vulnerable and actually gives you more credibility with decision makers than coming in as the boss who knows it all. So work on that. Look at that this week. We're going to be back on Wednesday for Woo Woo Wednesday when we're going to be talking more about energy work and harnessing it to find more spontaneity and um, how creativity and discipline play into spontaneity. This week has plenty to look at and this is going to be the beginning of the Athena work. Shifting paradigms, doing things in a different way, and looking at how we've already done this in our world, how we've done it throughout our lives, and now we're gonna take those strengths and apply them to our trial work. Thank you, and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Athena in the Well podcast. Join us each week when we apply the lessons of the goddess Athena to the lives of women trial lawyers, helping you to find your voice, take your space, and command the courtroom.